I know there's a bunch of you listening who love men's fashion, but can't find the right fit for your body. Because if you're under five foot eight, finding the right fit can be tough, especially now since it's hard to even get to a store. Fear not, my friends. Ash and Erie is here to help. They've got a wide selection of clothes for people like me. I have a bunch of their stuff, including a beautiful aqua dress shirt, which has become my signature looking good shirt. I'm the only person that says that out loud when I wear it, but nonetheless. Go to ashenerie.com slash othermen and use the promo code othermen, one word, for 15% off your order at Ashenerie anytime. You will be looking good. And I promise I'll stop saying that. Everyone's seen The Karate Kid, right? The original one with Daniel LaRusso moving to California and becoming really good at karate. It spawned a remake, sequels, a series, 35 years later, and it's still this big cultural thing. I keep coming back to this one moment that for me is the most important in the whole series. Daniel and his mom have packed up their station wagon They're leaving their home in New Jersey, and the neighborhood kids have shown up to send them off. It's like 30 seconds of the whole movie. Now, whenever I watch this scene, I imagine that one of those kids waving bye to Daniel was probably one of his best friends. Most likely he's there wishing him well, but he is totally heartbroken. Or maybe Daniel's best friend isn't even there saying goodbye. Maybe he's a block away in his apartment, and his mom's like, Don't you want to say goodbye to your friend Daniel? And the kid's like, No, whatever, I want to watch TV. And, you know, good response, because your friend is leaving you. And not just leaving you, he's leaving for California, man. He's going to kill it out there, and you're stuck here in Newark? No beef with Newark, by the way. All of us on the East Coast have a friend that broke our heart because they left us in Brick City. I'm not from Newark. And moved out to California. This is Mark Pagan, and you're listening to Other Men need to go to California and be all big shots and ooh, sunshine and palm trees and ooh, Jimmy Smith's and mmm, mmm, Frankie is a California kid, whether he likes it or not. I chatted with Frankie and his mom, Megan, in the backyard of the home they live in in Los Angeles. Like Daniel LaRusso, they came from out east. We started this conversation talking about superpowers. Mm, I have a lot of things that I would like to be. Visible, teleport. Where would you go if you could teleport? New York. 
because I have all my friends. Who are your friends in New York? Uh, Indio, my best friend. I miss him. Would you still say Frankie's your best friend? Is that how you would label it? He's my best friend forever. And that's Indio, living back in my home city of New York. Frankie and Indio are now making their friendship work by coastally. Here's Indio again. What's been the hardest thing with having your best friend living somewhere else? I barely get to see him that much, and I have to plan trips, and then it takes like four months or two months. And Frankie's not thrilled with his friend options in L.A. He thinks they're weird. What's weird about them? I mean, they're just different. Different than the people in New York. Because they have an L.A. vibe. Can you do an impression of an L.A. person? Like, surfer dude. So weird, but then in New York, they're just like, hi. Do you really run into kids that say surfer dude to you? I mean, it's such a thing in L.A. Even though it's a bummer, Frankie and Indio are doing everything to keep their connection going. They send each other care packages. I sometimes send crystals to him. That's Frankie. I just gave him like some chocolate and I gave him a necklace. That's Indio. I gave him a compass shirt. That's my school because he used to be there. So I thought that would remind him of compass. Frankie and Indio are wizards at video calls and messaging. I miss you, Frankie. I love you. You're my best friend ever. And then I did a video. You're my best friend ever. And thank you for sending me that video. You're my best buddy. And I love you. You're the best. You sound like a baby in that video. (laughs) You do not sound like a baby. That's very, that's really cool. I look like a baby. Last year, I was scrolling through Facebook and saw a post. It said, I'm leaving Facebook for good. If you want to stay in touch, DM me and I'll give you my email. The post was from Brian Cogman. Brian and I hadn't talked since spring 1995, our sophomore year of high school. His family moved away, and that was it until social media popped up. Brian and I met during our freshman year at Winston Churchill High School. I don't remember exactly when or how, but we liked movies. And in my mind, we did really bad impressions of Christopher Walken and Arnold Schwarzenegger. But I think that was just me. My memory about Brian all around is pretty foggy because we were never the closest of friends. I wanted it to happen. It just never did. And here's maybe the reason why. Brian was a beloved musical theater kid. I was a closeted musical theater kid. And it wasn't jealousy or competition that caused any rifts between us. Really, the opposite. Brian and the musical theater community were all like, come on, join us. And I was trying to forge some cool guy identity, and being a musical theater kid was not a cool guy identity. And the last time I saw Brian was in that musical theater community. 
I did one high school play and it happened my sophomore year. I was invited to our award ceremony. Brian won the Best Supporting Actor Award and when he got up to accept it, he was super emotional. Lots of pauses, crying, and he said, everyone I love is in this room tonight. I heard someone sniffle, then another person, and in seconds, it was an orgy of tears. Just high school drama students losing their minds. It was like five minutes of crying before the next award was even presented. You know, he meant a lot to a lot of people. It was the end of the school year and he was leaving. His family was moving out of state soon after that award ceremony. That was the last time I saw Brian. And sophomore year was the last time I was in a play. Brian's Facebook post reminded me of this emotional, loving guy I last saw getting an award. And the feeling I had when I read it. Well, the only thing I can match it with is the wistfulness for an ex who slipped through your fingers. And I don't think I can say I've had this with anyone else. But in terms of friends, Brian was the California friend. The one that got away. And it felt like I had one last chance to ask, was I wrong? It brought me back to something Indio had said during our talk. So when I was your age, I had a bunch of close friends and we wrote letters like, like you guys did, which I really loved. And then it became harder for me when I got older to say, I miss you and I love you to friends of mine. What do you, I, what do you think about that? Do you think that's silly? Yeah. Because why would you, when you're a grown up, how, you should be braver. So I decided to write Brian a message. After a few exchanges, I asked if he'd accept an old high school alumni visit. He said yes. I got on a plane and went to California to talk to Brian Cogman for the first time since 1995. A quarter of a century is a while. Let's see. I finished high school in Maryland, went to college in Western Pennsylvania, back to Maryland, and then finished in Montreal. I learned that movie making was hard. I tried social work, taught preschool kids all the way up to elderly adults, ran after school programs, made documentaries, thought about becoming a clown at some point, <laughs> fell in love, out of love, in love, out of love, in love, did comedy, went to South America, tried the master my Christopher Walken. From here on, nothing. Nothing goes down unless I'm involved. Lost my hair. Found gray in my beard. Learned how to podcast. Saw the movie Creed four times. And made a non-fiction, award-winning, essay-driven series called Other Men Need Help. Thank you. Thank you. You are too kind. Ryan moved away, went to Connecticut, did more theater, went down to New York for Juilliard, lost his hair, fell in love, out of love. In love, 
married his love, had three kids, performed regional theater, moved out to California, knows how to party, took writing classes, drove around the head of NBC, worked in a writer's room for what's that Christian Slater TV series called that got canceled. Oh, it's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde, it's the born identity. Probably saw the movie Creed. Got a call from a mentor and took a job writing, then started winning awards and produced a little show about dragons in Belfast. Okay, so I haven't seen the show yet, but most of you know what I'm talking about. It's called Game of Thrones, and Brian's sort of been busy with that for the last decade, but it landed him in his new home in Los Angeles. I turn right here. I got this. Hills. If there is a tallest hill in Los Angeles, Brian seems to live on top of it. Oh my god, these hills are insane in LA. It keeps going up. The only thing I imagined about meeting Brian was that it would feel like just yesterday. Like we pick up where we left off. Hey, man. <laughs> oh, come on. How are you? <laughs> Good to see you. It felt like not a day had passed, except for the million kids Brian now has. Did you want to meet my family now? Yeah. This is my daughter, Sadie. Hey, Jake, you want to come meet my friend before we go down? Are you a girl or a boy? I'm a boy. Let's test it. Are you okay? Okay, choose a finger. <laughs> Okay, so I gotta Jake. put my finger in one of these. Jake. I'm gonna choose that one. Your girl yes. fell right into that one. Uh, my wife Mandy. Nice, nice to meet you, nice Mark. It's actually good that you come at this moment because it gives you this is the, your listeners a good idea of what my life is like. Unsurprisingly, it's a beautiful home and a beautiful family. Brian offered me a drink. We have the IPA. We got bottles. Oh my God! We weren't even allowed to vote the last right. time I saw him. I will, I will join you. Brian took me to his office, and it's filled with shiny awards, film books, and records. We did talk about Game of Thrones. Nobody involved in Thrones had really done TV before. David and Dan hadn't either. In fact, I'd done more TV. We talked about how he met his wife. Very important. She was there with her boyfriend at the time, and it was just one of those things where you meet someone at a party and... She wanted to eventually come to New York, and I was at Juilliard, and so she got my my AOL buddy list uh, name. We talked about two decades of life, basically. But I was still stuck on what happened in 1995. The thing I wanted to talk to you about was sophomore year is when you left. There was a, like, the Thespian Awards or oh, something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, and you had gone on, you had, you had won whatever was of the year or something like that. Best Supporting Actor for my definitive performance as Amos in Chicago. That, that was it? Oh yes. my God, yeah. It was moving. I mean, it was the end of the year. And I was, of course, I thought my life was over because I was, you know, king of the Churchill drama department. I couldn't leave. <laughs> what were they going to do without me? What would the public say? <laughs> do you remember saying, you said something like, everybody I love is in this room? I did. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Wow, man. You remember that? I remember that. Holy shit. I think you were the first boy that I saw cry in high school. I mean, it was my my family and my friends and 
Yeah. I mean, everyone I did love at that time was in that room for sure. And I think the reason I was very emotional leaving was I had no idea what this new school was going to be like. If it was going to have that kind of community. And, and it turned out it did. And within two weeks, I was in the play and found my people there. And, and it was wonderful. But I was just really scared of the, un, of the unknown of it all. Because finding your people is important. I'm lucky in that I knew what I wanted to do or, or the kind of thing I wanted to do or be very early on. And I never cared what anyone else thought about it. I didn't fully commit to even being in that community because there was still a part of me that's like, I have to project a certain cool yeah. or certain yeah, something. Yeah, as I recall, you were sort of one foot in, one foot out. In, yeah. the, in the in the click, which is maybe why we weren't ever super close. Yeah, I, I never fully committed. And I think as an adult talking to myself as, as a younger person, there's a bit of this regret of maybe a friendship that could have been. And there it was. So now what? Did I expect we'd pick up where we left off in 1995, have a conversation about our college choices, and then rollerblade down Venice Beach Boardwalk together? No, I didn't expect that. I just needed him to know that he meant something to me. And then Brian gave me what I guess I needed to hear. I feel the same about you, truly. When you sort of got in touch, I was like, oh, man, I remember that guy. He was I love that guy. Yeah. I remember you being very, I remember you being very authentic, or I at least perceived you as authentic, as someone who kind of knew who he was and knew what he liked and confident but not obnoxious. And we weren't close friends in high school. We were buddies and we hung out, you know, and we had the same circle of friends. And I always enjoyed your company very much. But yeah, we didn't keep in touch after I moved. And But I do feel like I know you weirdly. I also associate Reservoir Dogs with you because you were obsessed with fucking Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. And this right here is where Brian and I probably had our biggest bonding moment in high school. I don't know if you have any recollection oh of this. We tried to put together a script and oh, dude, it was did. just like we tried to write a crime a crime movie if adults were trying to do that now i think we would have the consciousness to be like well we what we're talking about is a satire we're trying to do satire but we were just flat no, we were out trying to just rip it off just flat out yeah, i have a vague uh, a vague memory of us talking about time. well well uh, the costumes should be suits <laughs> like, like yes oh, Whoa, brilliant yeah. brilliant <laughs> the costumes should be suits <laughs> Well, you know, that's the secret anyway. I mean, I'm doing the same fucking thing now. Like, what, what, what can you rip off? Um, that's amazing. Ah, what could have been. But this was almost like the rosebud memory for me. It wasn't that I regretted not becoming an actor or that I imagined decades of scenarios in which Brian and I would have been visiting each other at college, taking road trips together, or being in his wedding party. What I longed for was his advice. As a fellow writer of sorts, as someone who was confident about the groups he chose and decisions he made in his life, I would have liked that friendship. But we can make up for lost time starting today. Like how at this point in our lives, we can both bond over losing our hair. If we had been closer, it's like, I think I would have wanted to talk to Brian about balding and being short. Yeah, I was pleased to see that you were bald. <laughs> or balding, you have more than I do. When I, do. I was balding almost immediately. I mean, I was probably balding then. I was receding by 
shit, my senior year of high school. Um, didn't never bother me. Plus, I had wavy, horrible hair. I remember you had really cool, like, you know, long locks. Mine, yeah. mine was wavy and kind of, you know, I had like a ton of gel in it. I tried to make it look like Jason Priestley. Not a good idea with a forehead this big. See, what a confidence builder that would have been to hear when losing my hair meant the world was over. I thought Brian's long-lost friendship would be some sort of key to my wasted years of insecurity and floundering, which is ultimately very unfair to both Brian and me. I worked to be who I am with a lovely crew of friends in tow, and now, well, Brian's got his life and lives in California with his family. I don't expect that all of a sudden we'll be the best of buds, but I am confident we'll stay in touch. I hope so. I'll contact him when I visit out west and hopefully do the same thing that happened 25 years ago and happened now, all this time later, as grown men, just sitting and enjoying each other's company. Well, it's so good to see you, man. Brian, this is great again. Fun. I, I appreciate you know. it. Next time you're in town, just uh, we'll just hang out. This will be without thing. We won't have thing. to do a podcast. I mean, we could, but... All right, see you later. It had been a few months since I last checked in with Frankie, and it just so happened that during my visit to California, Indio was coming to visit. L.A. still hadn't won Frankie over. How are you feeling about L.A.? Are you liking it more? Yeah, kind of. Well, still pretty annoying. I don't know. I just like New York way better. I mean, because I was born there, I was raised there, all my best friends are there, and yeah. yeah. But it didn't matter, right? Because here was Indio coming to visit him. Best friends. And I thought a lot about my visit to Brian, how warm it was, how wonderful it feels to have a friend when you're young. Frankie's excited and checking the window every few minutes to see if Indio's shown up, and I'm excited too. I find myself living through the experience of these two boys, the joy and openness of so much time ahead of you, just to goof off with your best friend. It's 11.22, they should be here. Frankie! And it happens. Indio's mom pulls the jeep up. Frankie runs outside. Indio exits the car. There's a pause, a stare, a smile. And then... No, Frankie. No. 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 They start beating the shit out of each other. Wrestling already? <laughs> oh, no, no, oh, that's not happening today. No, it's not.
Whoa. You're never leaving here. Whoa. Are you coming back tomorrow? I don't think so. Okay, me and Frankie get a long time finally. All this horseplay does make me think that California is the land of karate kids. I am so glad my friendships aren't like that anymore. But it does make me wonder what would happen in my fan fiction version of The Karate Kid. What if Daniel met up with his old teenage friend 25 years later? Probably some conversations about old times, teasing each other about the members-only jackets they were so pressed to wear. But maybe it would just be two guys sitting, drinking IPAs, and talking about how each of them have dealt with their inability to grow facial hair. Daniel will say, yeah, never bothered me, while his martial arts championship medals shine in the California sun. His buddy will have a wax on, wax off joke, but he keeps that to himself. Instead, he'll sip on his beer, feeling grateful for the life he built for himself in Newark. As the head of Cobra Kai East Coast Division. Ah, twist ending. But you'd totally watch that, wouldn't you? This episode was written, hosted, and produced by Mark Bagan. Our season's lead producer is Caitlin May Burke, and our producers are Ben Goldberg and Rebecca Seidel. Rebecca is our lead engineer. Ben was the story editor for this episode. Sochir Tapia is our intern for the season. Valentina the Pigeon is our production mascot this season. If you want to see her, or the things she poops on, go to our Other Men Need Help Instagram page. Our music this season is from Fulton Street Music Group, composed by Ed Duran and produced by Alex Fulton. Additional instrumentation by Brian Chamberlain and Liam Moore. And additional music for this episode from Blue Dot Sessions. Season three illustrations done by the talented hands of Carmela Calder. Special thanks to Sierra Franco, Robin Gelfenbein, Ryan Cogman, Paul Hindafar, and Frankie and Indio's families. You guys were great. If you really love the show, take three seconds and go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating for the show. And if you want to help out even more, give us a review. It is a huge help. And if you email us a screenshot of your rating or review, we'll send you an Other Men button. Seriously. Email us at othermenneedhelp at gmail.com. We're going to be back in a few weeks. And until then, adios. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Now, do you have to fly all the way over to New York or wherever you live? Boston? 
I live in New York. I came from Boston, oh. but I live in New York. So tomorrow I fly to back to New York. So you just go a lot of places interviewing people? I do. And make movies. No, like podcasts. Make podcasts, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's pretty fun. You're fun to talk to. I don't talk a lot. <laughs>